Welcome back to Curious Comedy, a podcast made to inform and entertain, to enjoy and wreck your brain. Oh, and our name? I'm Sick. I'm Sick. And this is Congested Comedy. Uh, let's get into it. Uh, sorry, everybody, for the long wait. Uh, I've been very sick for, for about two weeks. I had a throat infection, but uh, back on the rise um, and dedicated to the truth. So, uh, and Jala also has uh, suffered from an illness, but his immune system is impeccably better than mine, apparently, because he's already recovered after a few days, and I've been in bed for two weeks. But let's not dwell on that for too long. We're looking at the future. Um, your, so your humor is also infectious, right? So Oh, very cute, very cute. Okay, well, uh, since uh, you're excited to get on with it, why don't you introduce our first topic? That's great. So, uh, indeed, yeah, we want to talk a little bit about uh, India because we see some uh, global developments and some, uh, some shifts in, uh, in power dynamics, you could mm. almost say. And that uh, was interesting because I, I read an article that was like thinking about how the future of India would look like, right? Mm. Especially because they're almost like the biggest country in the world, almost exceeding like the population of uh, China. But what was especially interesting um, was that they also have a younger population. Mm. And that was the first time that I was really thinking about it because I was also always thinking about, okay, how many millions of people, people do you have, right? Um, but it is also about the age, of mm. course, because yeah, you want to be productive. No. So, um, and then uh, we are living in the Netherlands, which sometimes is also seen as a really competitive society. Mm. So I thought it was maybe fun to talk a little bit about how, what, would, what would it be like living in such a competitive society? And can yeah. we even compare it to our way of living, right? Yeah. Because our work weeks are 30, yeah, 30 hours a week, which yeah, is... 32, I think. Yeah, which is, which is below, like... Mm the average wor worldwide right yeah, yeah, yeah. but also in europe it's just super low mm. and it's also sometimes not not that yeah, international people call it lazy but we oh, um, yeah. really like to manage our time is the polite way of yeah, saying yeah, it right and sure. um, so take some time for the kids <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah so um, so now I just was wondering, like, do you think that there is more growth potential than China? Um, and then, yeah, we take the population into account and the mm. age, but also the fact that um, India right now is super big in like the digital infrastructure. So when you look at like mm. roads, the, the, the physical infrastructure, it's like really lagging behind. Yeah, yeah, it's lacking. Yeah, but if you look at the software developers, like mm. the, yeah. The percentage of the population able to produce websites, web applications, and mm. IT services is like a, a yeah, tremendous boom. Yeah, it's unrivaled. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think it's a very interesting, uh, a few interesting things that you mentioned. First of all, is the the competitiveness of the of the market in India, uh, let's uh, the job market in India, and that of uh, let's say the Netherlands. Whereas in the Netherlands, you have not nearly as many people, of course, but it's very condensed, just like uh, just like India. Uh, but our country is a lot smaller, so we have a way smaller population. But the people that uh, are working at the top are working at like global level uh, 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 companies, right? So do we have some of the top of the top of the top people uh, working in the Netherlands? So the job market in that regard is you know, uh, as hard as it's gonna get. While I think in India you would run in the problem that there's so much supply and demand at the same time going on for work in India that there is, um, for 
almost any any function uh, there's like 50 pl people applying for the same job yeah if it's, if it's like a semi good job that you could get let's say without the proper education because uh, uh, the the level of education or uh, level of literate and educated people in India is a lot lower than in, in the Netherlands so if it's a job where you don't need a diploma or a certificate I think people and it pays reasonably well people will fly to it like uh, like uh, bees to uh, not bees like a mosquito to honey. I think that's that's probably wrong, but take it for what it is. Um, so I think that is that is the biggest difference that you can put there. But in in terms of share competitiveness, I think both have their have their challenges. Yeah, but do you do you feel like uh, Netherlands is 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 as competitive? Not that we have really an idea of mm, how competitive. Yeah, it, sure. But do you feel like in, in just in in a loose sense of the word? Do you feel like we are living in a competitive society in Netherlands. Yeah, I do. I do think we live in quite a competitive society because you know I've I've. It's not it's not that I'm an expert at anything or, or in any field, but I've definitely tried to climb the hierarch uh, the hierarchy of like a, a job position, and it's it's not easy. And I'm, you know, relatively capable. I'm I'm, I'm mm. I, I I you know I show up on time. I do my stuff. I I know what I'm about, and I'm I'm eager to learn. But uh, even uh, me in a position where I was trying quite hard was unable to uh, to to work myself up and uh, yeah of course and there's many things I learned from that experience that I can take into the next one but it, it did definitely show me that it's uh, a lot harder than it can appear on first sight so I I do definitely think that it's a competitive uh, competitive society yeah and that maybe that maybe the thirty week or thirty hour work week almost mm. um, is a sort of it gives you a wrong impression, right? Yeah, because I, then do, I do think so. Yeah. Yeah, because then, to be honest, when I read it, I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, maybe indeed we are aren't that competitive. But like, how but you talk I, I, about it? But I think if you if you take into consideration the amount of of one person works, uh, one person is at home with the kids' household. If one person works sixty hours a week and one stays at home, that's a thirty-hour average work week, right? Yeah, if, yeah. If you start thinking of things like that, then. I think the number starts to make a lot more sense. Okay, that is also a great point. Uh, but when I want, what I wanted to say is a different point because um, it's not about the amount of hours what you are talking about, mm. but you could, and that is the that is what what competition is about. Is that you have to compete with someone who is not maybe willing to work more hours, mm. but who is able to deliver more productivity in less time mm. and that is what true competition is yeah. so if you think about it yeah we are living in a super competitive mm. and a super competitive environment not yeah. because you of course can't say hey okay I, i'm able to work 40 or 50 hours and then it looks like you are doing a lot but mm. if you then in the end uh, look okay what have you done in those 40 50 hours yeah. you see that you have done as much as someone, as a typical Dutch person who had just done 30 hours of work. Mm, so exactly. And so, so indeed, I think we're very efficient. Uh, yeah, we people. are efficient. That's the word. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I, I think uh, Germany is king in that regard. It's, it's, it's been Manufacturing wise. Yeah, exactly. But I think also mentality wise in, in, in the workforce is very, very active there. And I think the Netherlands is not far off when it comes to that. It's also, uh, uh, we have a Dutch saying called Nilulle maar poetsen. Yeah. Which basically means shut up and uh, you know uh, work and then talk instead of uh, talk during work. And we are very adamant about getting our business done right. And I think that's a that's a motif that sticks with a lot of Dutch people. 
True, but I do think that, okay, so then we established that we are a competitive society, mm. right? But if you would compare it to India, then I still think that we aren't so competitive because you could, and I'm not, I'm not sure how it feels for you, but when I look around in the, in the people that I have around me, then um, I think that no one really thinks that working 80 hours a week and making a bunch of money is like the highest thing you can achieve, achieve on no, earth. Yeah. No, and I maybe in India, I don't want to, mm. um, um, to fill things in, mm. but I could imagine that especially when there's such a competition, I could, I could imagine that some people there say, okay, uh, if I just dedicate my life, my life to work, Mm. Uh, and able to pay the bills and maybe make some m more money then yeah. I'm doing good well in the Netherlands we say no yeah it's fine that you make a lot money enough money to pay the bills and maybe a little bit more but mm. uh, what do you do in your free time do you yeah. have hobbies do you yeah. have children how much time do you spend with your children yeah. and I think we value uh, life differently in that aspect I, d I do think that is a, val a valid point that you can make there however uh, as far as I'm able to, I think perhaps uh, also the fact that there's a lot of young people in India make make a big difference because I think a lot of young people in India are like trying to make it yeah. in a sense, huh? trying to uh, build something for themselves, perhaps trying to make enough money so they can support their family. And uh, in India, they tend to have quite big families, right? But and on the on the other hand, you have a lot of gurus and and uh, people teaching like Hinduism and being content with very little, not being a materialistic. So I think those are two opposing forces. However, if you're if you are a person uh, in India and you're looking to be as successful as possible with the with the with the tools and utilities that are around you, I think you will skyrocket if you have the have the proper skill set and the assets to be able to do that. Yeah. So yeah, I think I think it's yeah, it's a it's a land of opportunity right now. That's why when you when you asked, do you think India has more growth potential than China? I think China has had their boom and India is like closing up on it. Yeah. Because the, you already said that they have a very large platform of yeah, let's just for a collective term say IT experts. Um uh, which is, you know, it's a stereotype <laughs> but it's a stereotype for a reason, right? Mm -hmm. Uh it, it's just very common there and there's a lot of proficiency in it. I think uh, the more that that realm is going to grow, the more possibilities and uh, job opportunities that are going to be found in India, um, the more the economy is going to be stimulated. I mean, you can take, for example, somebody in India that speaks English um, can do work for uh, another company, a country anywhere in the world. If you know how the Internet works a little bit and you understand the job market, you can get paid let's say uh, 1500 American dollars a month for doing work in America which will translate to a lot more money when you're in India so you can uh, do work uh, that doesn't require you to be highly skilled just a little bit uh, which can make you big money like a lot of money and can get you in a very comfortable place in India so I think there is there is a lot of opportunity uh, yeah okay but you could you could you could argue like that mm. was advocate, right? That that is the the exception on the rule. Mm. People finding those opportunities, right? Because on average, those mm. opportunity opportunities wouldn't be present for yeah. the average person. Uh, fair enough, but that's that's why I'm taking into consideration uh, the fact that the average person in India is becoming more able to do that. 
that is okay, that's yeah, how I envisage no, no, right. uh, right. view yeah. it, right? Yeah. So I think that that's also where I go with the idea that their boom in, in economy could come from from things like this, like uh, uh, the ability to identify opportunities through the internet, because I feel the internet is going to be releasing more and more opportunities. You have, for example, uh, Andrew Tate's Hustlers University, you have like a bunch of TikTok gurus showing you all kinds of different ways to make money, day trading, copywriting, all these new trends which are ways to make money on the internet that anybody can do. And when some reliable and effective ways hits uh, India's, uh, 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 let's say, software infrastructure, I think uh, things could go off the rails very quickly. I think yeah. I think we could see a, a, a massive overhaul of what of what India represents as a country. Yeah, no, I completely agree. But to add like one, one more argument, Please do um, I do think that what could help in like the competitive. Mm -hmm discussion right so why would an Indian person be more competitive to be honest I think that um, like every population especially if you look at wealth is as almost the same uh, distribution right mm -hmm. and it's about not the average that we are interested in but more like of the of the till things and I do think that the sorry, sorry the till yeah the till so when you have a distribution then you that then um, when I'm talking about the tail, I'm talking about the extreme. So the extreme okay. rich and yeah. the extreme poor. Okay, gotcha. And the ex and let's talk about the extreme poor. Mm. Um, the what we see as poor is in no way comparable to what an Indian person defines as poor. Sure. And I could imagine that mm. not like the the like the worst thing that could happen to us when we were poor. Is like sleeping on the street, mm. and then you need two euros to f to help you find a place, and then the local uh, communities will help you yeah. for like two uh, two dollars or two euros, just like a symbolic amount, right? Yeah, yeah, that yeah, you have yeah. to put some amount of effort into it mm. because not that we don't want to make it interesting for people to become homeless. Yeah, but if you exactly. look at America, in America, in India, then you see that um, like the worst thing that could happen to you. Mm. Bro, that is, I don't think that is far off n not worth living almost. Yeah. I, I, right? I, I don't want to fill, fill in, yeah, I don't no, want no, the no. negative things, but mm. I mean, to, we have to understand that like living in extreme poverty yeah. is extremely difficult. Yeah, that is, no, that is, that's, you, we are not able to put that in words, what that does to you mentally. Yeah, yeah and, could, and physically as well. Yeah, and I could imagine that, especially the mental part, okay, mm. for some people it will, it will like almost sort of a curtain that, that comes in your brain, which leads to a position that you're not able to function and be mm. productive. But for some people it can give them then a sort of Olympic fire, right? To be mm. able to, for the rest of their lives, work so hard that they are sure they will never end ever in a position that is in some way relatable to that that they have seen. They have seen. Yeah, exactly. So it's in, it's indeed that's the, the two ways of dealing with it. It's almost a mindset thing, of course. Huh? We don't want to uh, uh, make assumptions about people that are put in such a position because it's horrible. You, you don't you don't wish it upon your worst enemy to be in abject poverty. However, some people will see that as an opportunity to uh, work as hard as they can to never be in that place again, and other people will lose themselves and, and perhaps, uh, without uh, 
making a, a too much of a subjective case uh, might fall into a victim mentality and say this is happening to me there's nothing i can do uh, just have to live like this yada 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 and it's it's a weird comparison to draw but it's the it's the uh, <laughs> bear with me for a moment here because i'm gonna go off the rails real bad here uh, you have um, pedophilia which um, people that were uh, raped or molested as a child are more likely to be a molester yeah. uh, uh, themselves. Mm -hmm. However, if you would think about it, that would mean that more and more molesters would keep growing exponentially, right? Because yeah. if everybody that's molested also molests, yeah, mm -hmm. you can you can do the math. But what tends to happen is, even though that that is a fact, is that the people that are molested uh, don't always molest, and a lot of them will do everything in their power to make sure that it never happens to their kids. Uh, and will protect them for everything. And I think it's a very similar thing to how a traumatic event, which I think abject poverty and being molested, eh? of course, n never the same thing, but both very horrible things that can happen to somebody, is, is a breaking point for a human. And in a breaking point, there's two ways you can go. It's You can go even further down and try and stay there, or you can bear through one of the toughest things in life and go up from there. But that will create some strength that will stay with yeah. you forever. And then I think that's uh, one of the one of the most beautiful things a human can do. That's a story that everybody can get behind, right? Yeah, no, I love it, and I think I really I do understand your comparison, uh, and I, I know you uh, you're already saying it's not really comparable, right? Uh -huh. But um, to make the, the for me an important distinction, mm -hmm. and I'm sure you will agree, um, is just that. Um, both happen to you, right? Being mm -hmm. molested and living in poverty. Yeah. But I think there are many differences. We can agree on the, upon that. But like for me, I think we, we are on the same page. The big biggest difference is that in the end, if you are the molester, it is not in your benefit to molest. Mm -hmm. Maybe you think so because it gives you some kind of fulfillment. I don't know how it works, mm -hmm. but fine. Yeah, sure. Um, but the thing is that Poverty, money, is most of the time in zero-sum game, mm. which means that if I'm not the molester in this one, but I'm the rich person keeping you in poverty, keeping you in poverty will benefit me. Yeah. And therefore, I have an incentive to keep you in poverty. And like you just said, you don't have an incentive to molest. And mm. therefore, you will see that molesters and like you, you, you just described the dynamic uh, perfectly in you, like you just said the mental capacity of people to do the right thing mm. will ultimately weigh off the bad things right but if you think about the poverty and the wealth things that is not the case the, the opposite is true it is in your benefit to, to yeah if you want to stay stay in the same analog you will see that if you got molest you will molest two or three people mm. And that is what we see, of what we have seen and we will continue to see, is like an, um, an enormous um, yeah, social inequality, mm. like an enormous, like the 1% or the 0.1% or maybe in the near future the 0.0.01% having like the same wealth that 90.99% yeah, of the population yeah, yeah. does. I just wanted to make it out that I do think that that is the like the hardest thing with the poverty that mm. and like all the other problems there is always uh, a lack of knowledge mm. a lack of ambition a lack of mental capacity a lack of 
But the thing with being in poverty is that the pe- that the deck is stacked against you. Yeah, and it isn't all the like. Yeah, you just said it perfectly. The the the, the cards are uh, decked against you, but it is in the one who is like giving the cards and his benefit to whenever I'm almost at hmm. the level of being not yeah. in poverty to push me down. Yeah. And that is something like in any other case, molestly or whatever, it doesn't work that way. Mm. You don't have an incentive to, maybe you think so, like I just said, but that is yeah, like... That's a, that's a sick mind. That's though. a sick mind, but if you really think about it, if you're like in your optima format, then mm. you wouldn't behave that way. But yeah. in our economic system, yeah. we have incentivized people to behave in this way. Yeah. Because we will say you will make more money, which means you have done it better. Yeah. Great job. Uh, Great so job for ex- holding yeah. someone else in poverty. Yeah. That's sick. It is sick. It is sick. Well, um, kind of a sad note to end to. Yeah, right? it is. It is. But I wanted to make, <laughs> I wanted to make a joke about it as well. But you, yeah, but you, you, you do beat it. Me Come to on. You no. beat me to the punch. You said, yeah, I wanted to say, well, with that warm feeling in all our stomachs, let's move on to NATO, which will also <laughs> further that uh, further that feeling of warmth. Warm, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's winter, right? Winter is coming. So, for so are the rockets. <laughs> <laughs> It depends how long I put in this stays alive, but uh, sure. Yeah, well, in case you have plans to change that, don't uh, don't tell him because he's always listening. Um. <laughs> That's true. But um, do you want to go to the next subject or do you want to like, because I have one question about like the whole thing we just discussed. Oh, uh, please. And I'm really curious what your opinion is because, uh, yeah, we kind of died really <laughs> we really yeah, we delved really deep into the. But I, I like. I told you I was gonna get off the beaten path. I didn't think we'd fucking have an adventure there. <laughs> no, no, no. But I liked it. No, it's great. Um, but um, maybe to zoom out a little bit. Yeah. And 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 say okay, right? Uh, you have U.S. Then you have China as as a global economic power, right? Mm. Uh, money is power. Okay. Then you have right now almost. Uh, now you have like Europe is third, but. In a couple of years, you will see that India will be like the, 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 the one of the superpowers. One of the superpowers, right? Doesn't really matter what 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 uh, what what position. Mm. Now, you can see, and it's quite interesting because we saw it last last couple of weeks that uh, that, Amer- that the USA, which was always like the defender of free trade, right? Mm. We could imagine, or we we all know, two uh, thousands when the Americans were convincing. Uh, via the the World uh, Trade Organization, that China should uh, enter the free market because that would like benefit them and their population, and they would be like become really rich, which mm. which which happens, which happens. But now the question becomes that you, we we see right now that the U.S. is instead of competing like the free market thing, mm. is instead deciding to say, okay, we want to protect our economy because we see that on certain domains, it is we are losing mm. competition-wise or we, we cannot afford to, to lose. Yeah, yeah. Just, if you are winning, you don't have to think about this. So uh. you could imagine what the, the position are. And yeah, now you see that with certain chips, with certain... Uh, minerals refinery but also mining that are critical for, for EV production batteries right um, you see uh, computing power but as also related to, to chips uh, so you see a lot of um, domains a lot of industries that are 
and for example our like our Europe super super high-tech company ASML like mm. the producer of the of the machines that produce that, the chips exactly uh, that is also not allowed to trade with China to mm. not sell the newest uh, UL, EUV to uh, China because yeah the US says that that could compromise their security uh, which is really broad as we know yeah. so my, my question to you is more like uh, in this light mm -hmm. uh, in the light of India becoming a global player and we always have said as a Europe and Western world we want to have a free market invisible hand ruling everything now America saying hmm to a certain extent mm -hmm. do you think that we in the future should should we compete or should we protect well I there is there is a saying which I really love, which is uh, innovator die, um, and I think one of the people that embodies that very well, for example, is Elon Musk. Um, I think he also preaches that saying, maybe not directly. Wait, but can you repeat it? Because I'm not sure. Innovate or die. Innovate or die. Okay, yeah. Right. Um, so you have to continuously create new things, be competitive, be innovative, or you will fall behind. You will die. Right. Yeah. Um, so what America has done is they have reverted um, from being one of the most innovative and most economic strongholds in the entire world they have started lacking in a few departments and I remember one of the things this is a while back so I might get the details a little bit wrong but I think I still got the gist of it is um, there was a, a high-ranking army officer in America uh, that said listen if we don't start uh, spending time on our cybersecurity budget and our and, uh, and our um, warfare methods that is not just infantry planes uh, mm -hmm. and, and boats and physical things but we have to also work on the on the software uh, side of things he was almost left out of the room uh, when he came with this idea while he said he said it's so essential that if we don't just do this we will la lag behind him now what we're finding is that he was right and uh, China uh, is, is, is ahead and there's other countries that are also ahead in that department and while I think if America had focused its efforts on that they would be number one or one of the uh, one of the best countries in the world in that regard and I think America is almost a bit stubborn and stuck in its old ways and it's taken it lightly uh, and I think greed and fear has managed to They've had, they so badly want to stick to the idea that they are the best, they are number one country, they are national, nationalist, America is the best country in the world, USA, USA, that they are so um, unwilling to give up their positions that they will, would rather say, okay, nobody else gets to do anything, listen, we all do have to do it our way, and if we're not all going to play fair, I'm going to steal your toys. It's 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 like a toddler's reaction. Yeah, and it's yeah. it's almost sad, really. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it's led by greed and fear, fear that they are going to be overtaken and that they are going to no longer be relevant in the conversation, which won't happen for a long time. But if they stay on this path, it will. Uh, and the greed that embodies America that really shows that they want everything for themselves, uh, and uh, it's painfully apparent at this point that that this is the case. So. I think uh, it's not even a question, uh, should, we com should we compare or should we protect? We should always compare, we should always be competitive, you know, we should always strive to be better and, um, you know, uh, make the best for each other. And I think the, the countries, the leaders, the, the people that are scared to do that 
are the people that we should be scared of because those are the people that are hiding something and uh, have something that they, they have some skeletons in their closet they do not want to come out mm. and uh, the fact that america is shown to be one of those countries shows that we should definitely be careful in what way we look up to america and instead should be a bit more critical of their ways yeah no i think that is a, that is a great uh, great uh, um um almost uh, a pope talk yeah geez i felt i was preaching towards that yeah no, you were. no but no but, to, <laughs> no, but i i think it's uh, it's an amazing uh it was an amazing uh, discussion and i uh oh, thank you appreciate I, it. I really uh agree with with, with almost anything you said um, but as a question I would mm. pose to you then like I understand what you were saying and I do uh, as, as a critical note I do think that we all have some skeletic skeletons in, in the closet but Fair I agree that uh, the people hiding them the most are the ones you need to to, uh, <laughs> to, to take care of you could almost <laughs> say <laughs> um, because they won't do it themselves no but <laughs> I'm not sure you know what you just said <laughs> uh, no but I <laughs> What? No, 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 wait, I'm not sure how this came across. <laughs> was my attention to... You basically insinuated that the people that have things to hide should kill themselves. Yeah, okay, <laughs> but that is my lack of my English. I can... <laughs> that, is, that, is the, that is a language barrier we call yeah, that. Great, great, no, 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 that was definitely not what I'm trying to say, but I wanted to say uh, that they uh, don't have... Um, that they... The people that are hiding stuff are not the people that uh, are saying, "Hey, I'm hiding a lot," right? Yeah, exactly. So, so. Um, but my question would be: uh, You say, "Okay, uh, of course, it is not really a question. You should not protect because you're acting like like a toddler. You should uh, uh, you should compete." Mm. But then, if the USA would now compete, then they would lose. Mm. And how would you deal with that situation? Because let, let's assume you are the president of the, of the United States, right? You could either say, okay, I hold myself to the principle, I'm not a toddler and I compete. Uh. But if being not a toddler and being uh, and holding yourself to your old values, whatever uh. that it means, uh, means that your competitive position is weakened mm. and like the income of and the curtains dropped as well. Right. right. So, so let's take that to an extreme in which the average income of an American will decrease, and the average income of an um, of an av of av average uh, Chinese citizen will increase. Mm -hmm. Then, have you done have you done your job as a president? Well, okay. better than the case. Okay. Well, so you're imagining me to be the president of the United States. So. Already, I have dementia, so it's going to be a lot diff a lot more difficult. Yeah, no, I could imagine. Yeah, yeah, no, okay. right. And uh, if I that's that's why we chose you. Yeah, yeah. If I stumble in my speech, you already know why. Um, so, <laughs> uh, I think that regardless of the perhaps immediate uh, ramifications that it will have, because uh, your the the barriers that you've been putting in place to prevent people from uh, racing beyond you are the hurdles will be removed. Uh, which is definitely gonna gonna hit hit you in the short run, um, but I think if you mobilize your country in such a sense that you're invigorating the the American people, uh, there's 300 million people in that country and there's some uh, geniuses in that country, right? If you allow them to 
maximize opportunity in people's playing field and you allow them all the resources and tools that you could possibly hand them to make the most of the situation, I think you will you will shock your excuse me, you will shock yourself with the results that you are able to produce by that fact. And I think the belief and the faith in that that you would have to hold and that you would embody by your actions, um, yeah, this is quite ideological, but I, I'd like to believe it, uh, will inspire the people to use that, use that, those liberties and those uh, blessings to uh, raise back up. Because if there's one thing I know about America is that Americans are proud to be Americans. Well, what's, what's better than being a proud American than making America an even better place, right? If you're given all the tools, all the opportunities to be able to do that, why would you assume that they wouldn't do that? Is what I would think. And as a president, I feel that is the idea that you should inspire to your people, is it not? Instead of saying, okay, we are scared of China, we are scared of Russia, and we are scared of uh, India, yeah. so we're just going to prevent everybody from playing, in the, playing, playing a fair game. Go for it. We are behind them. We still believe that we can do better. Now that is a message to be yeah. inspired by, no, right? Yeah. No, I'm, I, I agree. But to be honest, right? Um, mm -hmm. I, I think ruin my argument. Yeah. No. 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 <laughs> I, I think the Americans also agree with with you. But the mm. thing is, and we didn't discuss it because then it would get harder. But like the answer, I think why America is choosing to protect instead of to compete is not because they don't agree with you. They do, I think, at least, mm. because I do, right? Um, that I'm feeling really American, but <laughs> I, <laughs> no, but um, for real, um, the thing is just that they are saying, hey, we want to be the best, mm. like your argument, but what do you do when other people are not playing by the same rules? And that is what, what is happening right now. So mm. we have, for example, uh, we say when you produce, I don't know, a bottle of plastic, doesn't matter really much. You cannot um, have your emissions exceed a certain amount because mm. you should do it with uh, a certain eye for your environment, with a certain uh, eye for productivity in mind, where mm. your productivity is not only related to cost uh, and, and revenue, right? So how much do you make your profit? But it's also related to, okay, uh, how do you take care of your environment? That's the whole ECG proposition, mm. right? So. The thing is that when a, a U.S. company now produce a barrel of oil or plastic, whatever, I'm not saying that it's true for these products, but it's true for some products, especially the chips and, and, and so on. Uh, for the chips, it's, uh, for example, the uh, intellectual theft mm. that the Chinese have done where the Americans are now saying, no, we are not going to buy you uh, your stuff but you are also not allowed to buy the next gen because we know you will just steal it mm. which is intellectual property and in the western world we hold countries responsible and accountable for that um, behavior mm. while in the chinese uh, in the ccp will just say that are that are, those are your rules yeah and i have never chosen to abide by those. Exactly, and that is why the U.S. says, "Okay, yeah, maybe then we cannot compete. We have to have a level, uh, a level playing field. We have to have mm -hmm. the same common rules, which we, and that is what what the last twenty years was all about. Mm -hmm. So making those rules, making a level playing field, because yeah. America was already so, such a bigger economy, they give China some leeway. Mm -hmm. But now they are saying, bro, bro, you are almost as big as us. You are uh, increasing your output." 
by uh, like much more than we do you are more productive you are almost more powerful now it is time mm. to level the playing field and now you're going to abide by the same rules uh, we are uh, we are saying our companies have to abide by and mm. if you don't then you don't have um, any entry to our market anymore mm. yeah I mean that my philosophy did indeed not cover that aspect uh, so it's a very good point of view to bring it up thank you for that um, and I, 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 I take your point I definitely do um, because it, it, it makes sense right uh, we play we, we put restrictions on ourselves to um, to be in accordance with what we all believe is just and right you're not doing that uh, but you want to profit from us regardless that's not how it works, right? We play the same game here. Um, so you say, okay, then we just cut you out completely. Um, and I'd hate to say it, but I don't actually know a better solution. Because what else are you going to do? You can't, you, can't, you can't force them to, to, to comply, right? You, it's, it's, it's damn hard to, to uh, use sheer will to force them into, into following your ways. And who yeah. are you to tell them? Yeah, okay, fair enough. But the thing is that not the US is just saying that. The argument is that the World Trade Organization is saying that, which should be an autonomous, mm. independent organization, but mm. depends on funding and is receiving as much organizations in the world, most of their funding from the US, mm. and therefore the Chinese will argue that it is a US public organization but right sure. so um but the thing is and I, I, okay one I, I follow your argument but to be honest uh that's almost also a toddler uh reasoning because uh of course a toddler could say yeah you have to abide by my rules then the other toddler will say no 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 why should i abide by your rules you should abide by my rules mm. and then you're nowhere right so mm. that is toddler behavior what would be reasonable would, would say okay if you ask me to abide by your rules mm. I will as long as they are reasonable and as long as you are also willing to comply by my rules as mm. long as they are reasonable yeah. and that is what the what what like organizations like the world trade organizations do so they make just a set and say okay what what are like fair assumptions so that is what we uh, uh, world trade organization does so based on a set of fair assumptions with uh, where both parties have complied or agreed upon mm. uh, and then we say okay uh, now we have like a basis and now b based on that basis we can trade right yeah. and that's when you say okay we have trade trade agreements mm. between countries which are just rules agreed by both parties so therefore that was like the point mm. we were just talking about like um, this is um, how already competition works because you don't want everyone to follow his own rules so we already do that for hundreds of years mm. we have international trade which is always in our own self-interest but we still say okay we want to have a transparent set of rules which all parties have to comply upon and then yeah it's mm. it's a level playing field right yeah exactly and then it's yeah we can just um but what the us is saying right now is just that China is not uh, don't want to update the trade agreement mm. and does not hold itself to the same degree as the United States to the tra trade agreement. Yeah, exactly. And that are two those those are two like 
yeah different things or factors you could say are influencing the level playing field yeah and exactly. therefore the 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 us that was the answer on your question okay what can you do yeah then the us decides okay we want to trade we want to compete we want to have a fair set of assumptions you don't want that okay then we are done with you and then we're going to trade with different countries yeah. and that is what is happening right now uh, that 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 when you put it in such context and you finally get the big picture it, it, it makes a lot more sense um, than my surface level view that i had on it before um, yeah, it's a shame that you that that there is no deal to be struck because uh, in a way you would think that other people would fall in the same footsteps as america has for example uh, uh european countries uh, they would join hand in hand with with china or with america sorry and china will forcibly be uh, be be uh, imprisoned with it, with its own policies and will yeah. will remove free trade from itself so I mean, a bit of pressure in that regard is necessary. But that is what happened in, in, in 1980, 1990. And mm. that is why a lot of people in the Western world 30 years ago said China will never be, uh, never be a global power. Uh. That's just absurd. But since what you just said, just, so they did that. Uh. Then China decided in 2000, okay, if you are going to be one team and I'm isolated, then I want to join and I will abide by the rules. And mm. that's why it that's why it became a global power because as mm. not only could um, not only trade with USA but also with Europe. Yeah, exactly. So, but the other way around that that is interesting about the whole India part is that India is now um, like almost proposing uh, their cells as a new leader in the Asian world, where China is not abiding by the rules, is not taking care of environment, maybe human rights in uh, the Uyghurs and, and, and stuff like that. Mm. And, and India is saying, hey, 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 we are a de democracy, mm. really important. We take care of our environment. Mm. You can see why India is becoming much more and more an interesting yeah, because, trade partner. Because I, I, indeed, I think a lot of the values from India reflect more of the values of the, of the Western world, which means a lot more integratability yeah that's uh, yeah, a very good argument I hadn't considered that uh, factor yet but it definitely weighs in alright great interesting uh, it's quite amazing how we almost did a whole episode about one subject isn't it it sure is but uh, for me that's fine because uh, I am running on fumes so uh, I don't I don't mind uh, keeping it simple <laughs> <laughs> Okay, great. So, uh, shall we go to the to the yes, next uh, yes, subject? Yes, please. Okay, great. So, we want to also talk a little bit about NATO, which now uh, a lot of the things we just said mm. are almost self-explanatory why why it is relevant, right? So, a short history of NATO. Now, history is a big is a big word, but a short introduction to NATO that would be better is just that NATO is like an alliance, a Western alliance, which uh, alliance alliance. Thanks, which is. Um, um, yeah, my English is still back from the 1950s, where the NATO was, so, uh. where the NATO originated from, and because it was like um, an alliance to uh, make sure to, <laughs> to make sure that uh, after World War II there would never be uh, war again, right, in Europe. And then uh, there was like an increasingly pressure from uh, the communists, from Russia, that want to 
invade uh, Europe, right? And then we said, okay, if we just uh, as a collective uh, help each other, mm. and then we are stronger, and one is less inclined to attack us. And that's why our mm. Article Five of the NATO is the most important article, which just says if you attack one of our members, that's an attack on all, all of our members. and all members will attack. So. Um, yeah, this is exactly what went wrong in World War II uh, and, and the first. So, uh, have we learned from history? No. Uh, no, that is, that's not true. We, we did. Um, and the NATO um, is a military alliance, right? So, uh, every country has to send some military and uh, financial aid. Uh, and then NATO will, as a collective or yeah, as a central uh, organization, coordinate the military activities which are normally not present it's a small military but um, some operations are done in the Balkan uh, where there is right now a lot of uh, refugee so uh, migration crisis so you have like uh, in Serbia you have a little spot um, which is not part of, of NATO which is not part of and they're like migrants try to cross the border with Hungary and try to come in uh, mm -hmm. Europe. But, and then you see that sometimes NATO is acting as a, a gatekeeper. And they also like one of the biggest things they have done is like trying to negotiate peace between the Arabs and the, and the, and the Jews yeah. in Israel, right? As yeah. you could imagine. So, but uh, that's a, enough about that. So just almost whole Europe is, is in it. Canada is in it. USA mm -hmm. is in it. And then some other Western countries. But uh, my question for you would be, um, to what extent do you think that we can unite and become mm -hmm. bigger and bigger um, and collect collectively fight for good values such as freedom of speech, right? Without losing exactly uh, what we are supposed to fight for. And you could imagine that uh, as uh, um, if NATO is a collective of, of like 30 countries, mm. then you have 30 individual countries which all have their own ways of treating freedom of speech. Uh. Um, but what do you do if you want to collaborate on a military level? Mm. Are you willing to what extent? That's my question. Are you willing to like say, okay, uh, these values, these virtues, I'm willing to dismiss them because I think military aid is even more important. Mm. Um, and yeah, let, let's take, for example, freedom of speech as an example. Uh, and, and then on the other side, like the incre increasing infringement upon that. Eh? You can imagine mm. like uh, Turkey is also part of the NATO. Mm. Now you see that you have less freedom of speech in Turkey than you have in the Netherlands, for okay. sure. Yeah, yeah, sure. That's not that's not really a debate. Um, well, I would think that uh, free speech is is a universal human right. It's it's what we like to think, right? Everybody should be able to uh, to an extent. Uh, I mean, there are certain things that you just that, that starts being hate speech, which I mean, it's also something to be careful of. But all in all, people should be able to uh, hold their opinions, right? Uh, whether it's a far right, a far left, right in the middle, or anywhere in between, um, you should be able to, to have uh, an opinion and be able to practice free speech. Now, the thing is um, that in certain countries, uh, for 
uh, I think for sure the 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 further east you go towards Europe, it's uh, it's also more noticeable. Is that there's there are still things left of the of the of the Soviet Union, the the communist regime, uh, where um, a lot of the ideas and uh, ideology and philosophy was to be communal for one leader, but also came with a lot of autocracy, which caused the people that um, that wanted the best for for uh, for everybody, which is what you would hope that most people want, um, were actually hunted uh, hunted for their opinion. Um, but it's hard to draw a specific line where you would say, okay, this is this is free speech for one country, and this is free speech for another country, because everybody has their own background and ways where they come from but i think it should be universal right for everybody as long as you're not with a megaphone screaming in a police officer's ear i think you should be able to voice your opinion and you should be able to be heard as long as you're not bothering everybody i think that's about where you where you push it i mean like I, I give everybody their the right of way and allow them to express their opinion. But if I see those parades on the street here that is promoting another one of those damn causes and blasting on my eardrums and blocking traffic, I am not inclined to support your cause. I am, in fact, more inclined to thwart your plans. I don't <laughs> care how much I agree with, with your point and how well and accurate you've portrayed it and how important it is. The fact that you're messing up my day in such, <laughs> in such a, a blatant blatant way is just yeah i mean how do you want me to support you right it's it's like yeah i don't I'm only, think, I'm, I'm only going to hate you <laughs> yeah no but i i had i had like i had a dream uh, of this where i was like there's this parade right and uh i was uh, i don't remember what it was it was a socialist party or it was uh, uh, for the day of day of la labor day i don't remember it wasn't that it wasn't that impressive i suppose or important. yeah sure uh doesn't matter if i it just triggered a bunch of people uh, freedom of speech <laughs> <laughs> true, so, true, true. um I, I i i look at that i'm like okay great you're trying to raise awareness right and i think I'm going a bit off the track, so whatever. Uh, this is also like the trend that I see on social media all the time, is we want to raise awareness. And that is like the highest highest ideal, is to raise more awareness for it. Every, every major, major event where we see some injustice, the biggest thing that happens is we need more attention. We need, we need everybody to be aware of this. But I seriously think that the way to go about it is just being done wrong. It feels like it could be so much more efficient. I mean, the riots and the, the parades is just, it's every uh, like daily, day-to-day -day people that are just doing their things are annoyed by, by the fact that it's there. Well, what you would want is for sure people to be aware of the problems that are going on and find a way to help and to do like create actions to do a marathon do a race do a stream do uh, like organize some special events to raise money or or to be able to actually put something into place instead of just saying look how many likes and retweets i have on this on this thing that is so important i just get annoyed by the by the fact that it should be i feel it should be it could be a lot more effective and so therefore it should be um, but okay, that, that was my little rant. Um, but what would you, your suggestion be then 
Yeah, so, okay, if you want to spread attention, I don't think screaming at a big parade is going to work. I think you would, you're literally better off trying to speak to people, have like a little bit of an info flyer, and genuinely just speak to people uh, and and talk to them about it. Yeah. That's that's one. Uh, don't not the biggest fan of this, but it's rather you 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 ring my doorbell and politely ask if you could borrow a minute of my time than the fact that you block my street for for five minutes. But whatever, and and come with a fanfare and a, a drum kit. But that's just one, one doesn't have to exclude the other, right? Yeah, sure. But if you come up to my house with a fanfare <laughs> and a drum kit, then I will. Uh, you are an artist, so you should you should yeah, you should I, not listen, be listen, actually, that actually you're you are right. I will sample it, I will make a beat out of it, <laughs> and I will blast it through their speakers and make money from their an, an annoying annoyingness. Okay. Um what my solution would be indeed so that's the raising awareness part of it. And then as I said, create actual actions that are able to generate money or assets for the cause that you are supporting. And like put something into action because we are so obsessed with the idea that we should be raising awareness that I see it on social media all the time. It's so it, 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 it like bothers me on such a deep level that I'm like, yeah, everybody, uh, you know, with the, with the black lives matter, everybody puts like a, a special flag or puts a fist in their post and they are like, yes, I'm supporting the cause. Like I'm aware. I'm aware, bro. <laughs> yeah. I, su- I support yeah. you, but yeah, I, yeah really, uh, what are you doing? If you really want to make a difference, then make a difference, right? And uh, this, yeah, it's, it's almost like, uh, like you're trying to gain popularity by being, uh, oh, what is the word for it? Not chivalrous, but like acting in an ideal manner, right? You're trying to claim fame by that. I think, yeah, it's just, it's just an empty empty hope and uh, like an empty yeah personality if you if you engage in that to uh to a large extent so i uh but that is not the solution right no it is not a solution but it's a very hard problem to solve anyway i, th- I give two i give two things that are practically can be done yeah okay but what i don't get is that you say that your end point is that you rather would have someone knocking on your door trying yeah. to convince you of his ideolo- ideology mm. than someone to talk about it and, yeah, to, and to give me uh, to give uh, like to tell me the, what they're doing to try and improve the situation and how I can help. Yeah, okay, but why would that be more beneficial than walking on for me as a person, yeah, right? Sure. So I, from from organizational standpoint, it's definitely logic why you would not go to because now you. Well, by walking on the street, you have a much bigger audience, right? Yeah, because, sure. So you can convey your your message to us to a broad, broader audience. But the thing is that, um, what, what I I mean, I would rather get, um, I would rather just like bulk, biking through the city and then seeing some people uh, saying, okay, uh, I don't know, uh, this like. And we, we want to have more freedom of speech or we want to have freedom of the Uyghurs or we want to have whatever a, a political statement it is that you want to try mm. trying to make, right? Then I think having that discussion in public mm. is one, more productive than a one-on-one session. Mm. Two, um, I would feel like it's more... Um, how, you, how you say... It, 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 it feels raw. Do you, may, do you know what I mean? If you're trying to 
convince me of your belief via knocking on my door, in the end, um, we can have a super interesting conversation. Best case, best case. And then the next day, I even forgot it. You can you can say that that is not true, mm. but that is how people work. And, and mm. but the, the only thing why we are still talking about a Black Lives Matter is because it went to such extreme, mm. uh, not logic logical in my in my opinion, but it, it went so almost monkey mm. that that yeah. Now you remember it, but that is not because the, 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 they had great conversations or they had no, it was just the awareness thing. Mm. So, I'm just, I mean, I agree with the point you're making that um, the whole social media using for all small things to raise awareness is, uh, is leading to uh, that end. But when I'm asking, okay, what is a better solution? I'm not trying to corner you. I'm no, no, trying, no, it's good that you question it. It's just like I do think that like going out of the streets is like the most effective thing that you can do for any cause you have like not on social media but you go out in the streets mm. and scream like almost your analog of of screaming via microphone in the, in uh. the police officer's ear that is in my opinion the most effective manner to to achieve anything in life and you can see yeah, that but, in iran but but okay listen I think there is a big difference between if you're protesting Unilever and you have a big crowd in front of the Unilever building with protest signs and and yelling and making a ruckus. Then if you're here on the streets saying free Palestine uh, with, with, with a bunch of signs and, and walking in the road because most people here, and that's that's an assumption, but let's just take it for what it is for the sake of the argument. Most people here don't have a relation to Israel or Palestine. It's not affecting their daily lives, not even close. Um, so when you go about it in such a way, I for, for for example, let's say I'm hearing for about this for the first time. I've maybe heard like a snippet before, but I'm not really aware of the situation. My first interaction with with it is a bunch of angry people on the street shouting and making my life more difficult. Why would I want to be interested and help you? <laughs> it doesn't make sense. Do you understand my point? It's why I'm saying, okay, I'm, forget about the idea of coming to your door because we don't want Jehovah's Witnesses everywhere. That, that, that's a fair point. However, I do think it's important that um, we have an ability for honest conversation and and like actual results so i mean i'm not claiming that i have the solution to palestine and the israeli conflict i don't think anybody does however if you want to educate and want to want to be able to support so for example you want to raise money for uh, refugees from that area to be able to come here or you want to uh, allow these people to you know give them opportunities contraception whatever it is you want to help these people in some way find a way to raise money, find a way to uh, create an event. There's a bunch of fun things you can do with that. Allow people to sign up, to, to just help for free. And you, you don't have to be a big parade. You don't have to go to people's house. Go to the city center with a, with a group of people and like try and talk to people. Mm -hmm. I think that is such a more human and, and like loving way to go about it. I mean, we're all used to the sales 
salespeople pushing every every agenda on you th that they possibly can. But if we are having people for just causes, trying to really make the world a better place in practical terms, I would be so much more willing to strike conversation, strike up conversation with a stranger. And I think that's something that we're missing in a society as well. Like everybody's so scared of social conflict and for good reason because there's a lot of weird people out there and people that you want to avoid so i'm saying let's create some people you don't want to avoid and that you actually want to talk to and instead of this this angry mob that's so unapproachable that even if i am interested in your cause or i want to learn more about it then i'm like eh, i'd rather avoid it because it seems yeah. like if i go up to you it might, i might get screamed at for questioning your views yeah you lost now that, that is that that is a fair assessment i, I do think that that is indeed true um and you can see that happening, mm. right? So, so I agree. I agree with that. Um, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then, it is uh, quite a quite a <laughs> side road we we took. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. No, I, I had your question and I was really struggling with it, and I started a rant. I was like, you know what? This is has something to do with the topic you asked me about. <laughs> it's good enough. <laughs> no, yeah, no, but it's great because it's it's the way of, of how do you want to get convinced? And let let let's. Um, I think for me to to, to give an addition for that, uh, that boils down to uh, people being or willing to speak but not able to listen and that is something that is I mm. think a particular particularly present in groups mm. that you were just describing yeah so these groups that are on the streets and just yeah the, the, those and that is the point you're trying to make and I, I think that that, mm. that that shines a different light on it is that if you we were just talking about okay what would be better knocking on the door or walking on the street but in this case you should turn it around are those people walking on the street ever in a position willing to or able to to knock on your door mm. and, the, and the answer is no why not because they want to convey their message yeah. and as a pope they want to convince other people that their truth truth mm. is the truth yeah well exactly. what you are proposing is having a decent conversation in which people in both directions are listening to each other yeah and that by definition you cannot achieve with someone who is not even willing to listen to you yeah exactly and maybe that's that as that is the point you're trying to yeah, make then no, i get it, you better yeah yeah no it, it is actually thank you for uh, articulating my thoughts uh because i wasn't able to fully indeed i think that's that's a big part of it is um allowing people to that yeah you it feels indeed like my opinion is the one my opinion yeah, is the yeah, one. yeah, 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 yeah. and that that is an unattractive uh, uh, standpoint for me yeah, because yeah. it it feels like no matter no matter how well my arguments are formulated or no how no matter how much i could make a point that is that could be a valid argument you're that it feels like so ideologically possessed that any any true conversation is is leading to nowhere because you're just talking to an idea. Yeah. You're not talking to the person. You're talking to an idea that's in the person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. And, and that, yeah. And and, and that's and, a scary thing. Yeah, and maybe the scary, the scary, scariest part would be that um, the if you have your idea, what you're just mm. talking about, um, that the person person defending that idea, uh, I choose on purpose the word defending because. Uh, 
when he or she is not able to defend it in the extremes, mm -hmm. it's like failing. Yeah. There you have it. So you're not willing to, to find uh, the middle way. Yeah, the common ground. The common ground. Because you're just saying, no, no, no. This is the truth. Yeah, exactly. So no, I, I do get you. Um, but yeah, indeed it is. Um, but maybe we, we can just skip it and go to the next subject. I think that is interesting. But the maybe we can, we can talk about in the future what what, what is ha what we um, what is happening within NATO because the question I posed was more about okay how do you think in general because now we are like on a macro level describing okay what is the best way to convince a, another mm -hmm. of but like in general speak when we are talking about countries who have a different. Uh, belief system and, and, and norms and values mm. how can those people collaborate on a on a defense safety level mm. while also um, fighting for their own beliefs like freedom of speech mm. how do you do that and is it not something you will compromise so for example if you would say I want to have a safer country as a NATO so I want all the countries in NATO to be safer does that not automatically means that you always have some infringement of your privacy and for some countries that is a bigger price to pay than for other countries and how do you deal with it and what would and then like what would the balance be be between mm. those countries but then you have to indeed dive deep and look okay what are the no what are the norms and values of those individual countries and mm. what is common ground but um, yeah if you have an opinion about it please share now, I, I would really love to, but I find it such a difficult question. I really, I, I find it really difficult because obviously I, I want everybody to be able to, 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 to say what they want unless you're just a knucklehead, um, <laughs> just to put it mildly here, um, a blabbering idiot. Uh, but I also agree and understand that there are people that uh, will take advantage of that or that are paying a bigger price than others by uh, saying okay everything can be said because uh, if you take it Julian Assange um, he said maybe more than anybody else uh, in, a, in a long time or very few people um, and he was crucified for it and, and still is yeah still is and uh, he's uh, going to be extradited to the United States yeah there you have it and uh, ex uh, uh, the United States is supposed to be part of NATO, um, so you have. Uh, it's the biggest one. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's it it shows you that there is not a true willingness or ability for for freedom of speech amongst countries, and I I do believe it's something that we should strive for because I believe deep inside of me it's a, it's it's a difficult be belief to have, but I genuinely believe that the truth. Speaking out the truth and acting out the truth will make the world a better place. And if we are, no matter how small, setting up barriers in, 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 in places that prevent you from speaking the truth in, in any manner of ways, will eventually cascade into a bigger effect. And it will, it's the, it's the same way, it, you can use it as a personal anecdote and you can immediately get the bigger picture. If I tell you a lie and I say, uh, yeah, I'm at the gym right now, but I'm actually I'm, uh, I'm, 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 I'm with somebody that you don't like and you're like, oh, okay, well, uh, uh, I'll go to the gym too. And then you're like, oh, okay, well, I can't say that, uh, that you get the gym. And I think, oh, I'm just leaving. Oh, where are you going? Let's meet there. And you instantly get spinning this web of lies where you have to keep making more lies to try and get yourself out of it. And then when eventually you 
get caught because let's face it the deeper you go you will, yeah. uh, at some point it will happen you uh, you it, it there is so much proceedings going for it that that you can never really recover from the situation right. there's always backlash so the only way to prevent that is by speaking in truth and honesty and allowing that to manifest itself and therefore you don't have to be worried about uh, about anything that you said or you did because you know you acted in a way that you thought was truthful and honest and if we prosecute people for doing that like Julian Assange and so many others in, in modern time for speaking about anything that they find is controversial and being ridiculed cancelled and banned for from from platforms for doing so we are in deep shit yeah for lack of anything better to say but it's really the case this is something that we must avoid at all costs so that's why i think even though i understand everybody's complexities and difficulties it sorry but we have to aim for it there is no alternative we have to allow that possibility to be there and allow people to express themselves because it's the only way to move forward yeah unless you uh uh disagree with me no no i completely agree but i would almost as a, as a sort of a conclusion say uh, or add to it that you would say but that's maybe one dimension i'm uh, arguing with right now that you would say okay we don't want a bigger nato because a bigger nato means more countries mm. more different countries who you have to compromise with and mm. so lesser chance of people able to speak up their true minds mm. right so as I, I completely agree with what you were saying and uh, i think um alliances like nato are yeah are like making sure that julian assange is extradited mm. yeah because now you always have if you have like nato then you can on any level can always like even as a sweden or as a uk you don't agree with what has happened to julian as us can always say listen <laughs> uh, we have on so many different levels with the uk but for some countries just the nato you can use that as a sort of as to leverage your uh your position mm. and i think yeah that is uh, ah, it, it, it's sad because i would i would hope that by bonding it with countries in such ways allowing them into the circle would allow for a more diverse and in new standpoints to enter the enter the enter the enter the ring which means that new discussions can be made new conversations can be had and new viewpoints can be implemented ideally that is what you would want to have yeah okay but, but it, it's, it sadly is not the case no but it's no but it, that is because sometimes It is not, when we are talking, especially in geopolitics, we are not talking about what is right or what is true. We are talking about the perception you have. Mm. So when we talk about NATO, we are not talking about is the glass half filled or half empty. Mm. It's both. Yeah. But the problem becomes when you say it is half empty and I say it's half filled. Yeah. And to make it concrete, so I, 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 I follow your reasoning. I believe that is also the naive way of, of, of reasoning that, mm. that went into it. And I don't have a better solution, so I'm not criticizing it. But I do say that I'm really worried about some fundamental human rights. Mm. Um, as you have seen that those are compromised with Julian Assange. Yeah. 
exactly. It, it and happens. Also, also the the dimension that you made uh, not in the podcast but beforehand about uh, Sweden and the the veto. Yeah. Um, so the this indeed. It's also it's it's ties right ties right into it. Ties right into it. Um, but I would say that even the Julian Assange case, you just uh. Uh, I think it's even for me but that's maybe also because i have a personal bias towards that but for me that is that is even more tangible that is mm. even more important and why is that because let, let's take the glasses half full half empty um as a as an analog then you would see that for example with julian assange that uh, let's say sweden would would, would, say, would say okay we have a lot of, both say you us sweden both say we have freedom of speech but the united states says yeah we have freedom of speech as long as it's it's not about the industrial military complex, mm. while the Sweden says freedom of speech is freedom of speech. Now mm. you are in NATO. Now and now you have it. Yeah. You both say we have freedom of speech, but Sweden says that's like an ultimum. You can go as far as you want because freedom of speech is freedom of speech. America says yeah, of course freedom of speech as long as it is not harming national security mm. which sounds also really reasonable yeah exactly <laughs> and now you have as a sweden have to like yeah discuss or have a debate with 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 with, with the us and you can see yeah. this that this is like so i just wanted to say that it's not about okay is it true like can we measure how much how much fluid is in the glass and can we just determine is it half full or mm. empty or more or less than that mm. no it's just we have measured it and we know that it's perfectly filled to 50 percent uh, and now it's just okay do you think it's half full or half empty yeah and it's just more about what do you think is smart to do so yeah. both have a euro and i say i want to spend 50 percent on military and 50 percent on social uh, and you say i want to spend 50 percent on uh, cultural things uh, and 50 percent on education mm. yeah what is better who knows yeah, exactly. it's just perception and mm. that is what i think makes this so hard so I believe indeed in the end um, you would expect and, and also hope that by including more different countries, more different opinions will um, be included in the discussion. But in the end, because we have to collaborate, mm. uh, like that means the more extre extremes, the more uh, individually people divide from the average. Mm. And so the more people on average are dissatisfied yeah i get that so the bigger nato gets the more chance every day the higher the likelihood of it exploding and say no 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 exactly. we, and that is also i think so you, you would almost you would almost want to say that nato should be a purely military uh, um, uh, agreement except for that they have no ruling power because people are, people and cultures are just so different that it should be handled amongst themselves because forcing everybody into the same into the same metric is just not going to work. Yeah, and that is that is that is where it originated from. Yeah, that's why with this just Article Five, when you attack someone, yeah. um, uh, all the others are attacked in that sense that you will mm. get the, all the member states against yeah, you. Exactly, and that is like the Ukraine thing. Eh? It's not yeah, part yeah, of the yeah, NATO yeah, yeah. because if it were, yeah, if it was part of NATO, then Putin would have uh, had uh, hell to pay. Yeah, and that was also like the big thing two weeks ago with po with, with like the, the missile in Poland because mm. if that yeah. happened, then it was yeah, NATO. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that yeah, is yeah. the distinction. Did, did they? Uh, no, no. They are not sure because they think that it was like an anti-missile from Ukraine. Yeah, I heard that. I heard that there was a good chance that it was from Ukraine itself, but I wasn't sure if it was confirmed or anything. 
No, but um, there was also the, the the German embassy that was attacked in uh, uh, in uh, in Ukraine, right? The German embassy was hit. There was also like big talk about yeah, uh, I yeah, missed yeah. that I think because uh, the the uh, the embassy of Germany being hit in Ukraine would also be under Article Five. Uh, counting as uh, an, uh, a war attack. Yeah, because it is it is German ground, yeah, German exactly, territory. Exactly. So yeah, yeah, it is. But that, that because like, listen, I went to Ger uh, I went to Berlin a few months ago. Mm. I, I couldn't uh, it came near like a radius of hundred meters next to the to the Russian embassy. Mm. And believe me, I'm the one trying to figure out how close I can come. <laughs> but, just, but, but listen. I felt, I felt, I felt really unsafe. I can tell you that. And like some people were just what, looking at me, like, bro, you can come. I will shoot. I don't care. Come, do it. Mm. <laughs> Press me. And I was like, bro, I'm not even going to test, right? Yeah, I'm not a cat. Yeah. I'm not yeah. a cat. Exactly. So, but indeed, um, uh, the Sweden and, and Turkey is. Um, let, let's take that example for for anyone who doesn't know, because indeed, mm. it, it, I think it's, interesting. it's closely related to it. It's like the saying that um, Turkey and Sweden are both uh, part of the NATO, and every member has like uh, a veto, right? Which mm. you can just sometimes use if you use it too often. Then, then, it, yeah, then it still has some value, but uh, mm. yeah, you could imagine it will uh, yeah, exactly. it will influence your uh, position, right? But mm. um, what happened is that. Um, um, yeah, Sweden applied after um, um, the uh, Ukraine, the Russian invasion on Ukraine to uh, join NATO, and then Turkey vetoed and said, "No, no, no, you cannot join. Why not? Because in Sweden there are some uh, activists who uh, Erdogan, the leader of Turkey, thinks that are related to uh, the Gulen movement, which was the 2016 movement that tried or mm -hmm. uh, a failed coup." Um, and yeah, six years after the date, he's still searching and still holding people around the world accountable for that. To, to even this extent in which he just says, okay, if you as a country wants to, want to, wants to join, you first are sending me the terrorists um, and then I'm willing to think about it. And if you don't, then you don't. And this is, again, a clear example of yeah, the Sweden president uh, saying that what are you talking about we were not holding Kurdish or Gulen like mm. uh, descenders no we are not doing that yeah. and, and, and at least not act, uh, actively right yeah, yeah. Uh, so not on purpose nah, and he's just said no you you are giving them asylum I don't care if you're giving them asylum or not if you don't send them you didn't do anything in your power to do it yeah. so then I will hold you accountable for it if you have it or not but then you can see how it's a clear example of, of how Erdogan is like almost misusing or uh, sort of um, yeah, using NATO, which is an international alliance to, to provide military support to, right, in, in essence, just provide peace in the world mm. to just use it for its own national benefits. Yeah. Yeah. And there you have it. So you have both. So, so now you... Um, yeah, this is a clear example of, 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 of including like different countries with different values. Yeah, exactly. If you would add Saudi Arabia to it. Now, yeah. can a journalist now talk? Yeah, or, exactly. or should every journalist be... Yeah, so what is happening? You don't, you don't know it. No, exactly. And that's, I think, I think uh, an example for, for a lot of people that will like make sense because it's, it's very active right now. It's like uh, the World Cup being held in Qatar. 
so many so many different values are clashing there that you can easily see that um, even if we thought we had an agreement when the, when it comes comes down to it two sec two days before announcing beer is no longer sold on the premises because we don't allow rainbow flags were to be allowed on the day off they are being held in possession and being taken off people if you have if you have a rainbow somewhere in your clothes we are taking it so you can see that they say yeah we'll play along we want uh, we want the world cup here we will allow all your rules but when it comes down to it no yeah. no, no 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 we're doing it our way and there is no discussion yeah, yeah. and i think it's a great example yeah thanks i think your uh the i indeed the idea with nato especially also with with turkey and sweden people will use and abuse the system for their own benefit and interest and it the more people involved the more bended and corrupted the system will eventually be because we are human as humans are individuals um, at the core at the base level right you live an individual life we are all connected but you live an individual life and one very famous quote that i've heard that i really like is a group doesn't hurt a group doesn't get hurt the people in the group get hurt so it's not that when when uh, when something happens to NATO is that NATO gets hurt. NATO NATO is not something that gets hurt. It's no. an idea that yeah. people upheld. The people that are upholding it or living under its yeah. regime are the ones that will suffer the consequences. Yeah. And the more exactly. we start to realize that, the more we will, I think, have to face the facts that trying to fix a broken system is not the way to go. The, the system itself is inherently wrong. And if we fail to come up with a better solution or abolish it on its own perhaps article 5 has a has enough reason to stay or it, perhaps part of it should be rewritten i think these the the problems will only keep stacking up because all that sweden wants primarily i'm assuming is refuge is safety yeah. is, is a war safety they perhaps don't want to deal with all the things that come along with it but have to in order to ensure safety for the people and by being forced in such a position they are being able to be taken advantage of by a country like turkey and and forced perhaps into a very ugly corner that they that they that they rather not be in and now under time pressure as well ah. it's a it's a messed up game yeah yeah i know it is but i i think that that is a very val valuable point because sometimes especially in the heat of the moment you almost forget how uh, that that we are talking about people uh, if, and for, if we take, for example, the Russian invasion of your, Ukraine and in the heat of the moment you sometimes uh, almost want to say I, I, those stupid Russians, but there is one mm. stupid Russian and that is Putin. <laughs> yeah, right? No, but in general speaking, that, that is like, and the same counts for the Chinese or the yeah. same counts for the Saudis or Qataris, yeah, right? Exactly. If you think about it, that country that has 10%. You can see interviews, the Qatari people with the, with the strange dresses. Mm -hmm. uh, I thought we had an issue about that men want to be female and female want, but I, when I look at <laughs> I, I mean, right? Yeah. So, the, so the gem, the gem pot dresses. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for real. So, no, but, and you can say, oh, that is impolite. No, it is not impolite. Those people are talking, of, uh, are talking interviews and having the audacity to say, our people, Qataris, are just 10% and other 90% are uh, refugees helping to build our country. Mm. Yeah, dickhead. Go, <laughs> go work yourself. And, yeah. and if you don't, and if you want to be the, the lazy person, 
then uh, show some respect. But to say on the national television, well, you know that you are going to be interviewed and you are the representative of your country and just saying, yeah, we Qatari people, we are just the 10%. Yeah, you just have a few hundred thousand people and the rest of the millions are just, yeah, bro, that is just an audacity. Yeah, just audacity alone. Indeed. Yeah, that, indeed. that, that, that. We, indeed, but I take your point all, like to heart, to the heart. When you say those those stupid Russians or... Uh, yeah, those those stupid yeah. Saudis or the stupid stupid Israelis. For example, it whatever. happens so many times yeah. that we categorize an entire group of people. It's the same thing with the kill all men movement. The rich white men are in power, are yeah. in power and run, running the world. It's always lining up a group, and everybody in that group is guilty. It is never the case. And by doing that, the people that are doing right or trying to be right are incentivized not to be not to do so or to be that person. And that is one of the most dangerous things that we can do because we will corrupt the people that have the biggest yeah hopes. no and it is true so so dangerous and you see no it is great and you see it over and over again but i mean i think the uh, I, uh, slavery is now a hot topic mm. it's exactly the same you know Netherlands. we if you look at history yeah a lot of people don't read history well so then you maybe <laughs> don't know but if you really look at history from like a few thousand years before uh, yeah, cr cr yeah, Christian counting, you could say that, uh, right? Uh, because you have also different countries, <laughs> but uh, let, let's hold ourselves to that counting. Then, um, yeah, you can just see that, um, yeah, around 15, 16, 1700s, the, the, there were some Dutch people that decided to, to tr trade slaves. Mm. Now, that was like less than 5% of the population. Mm. Um, so that means also that less than 5% of the population derived the money of it. Now, really important to know is that the VUC, when we're talking about it, became so big, became such a big operation that it was nationalized. Hmm. Which meant, meant that like the main shareholder was the government. Yeah. Now, we invited modern, that, that is true, we invi uh, invited, uh, invented, uh, uh, like the modern way of holding shares mm. because the VUC was the first country in which you as a person could buy a share. Yeah. But you could imagine that in the beginning it was super new yeah. <laughs> that this was especially fruitful for the ones who already had money and yeah. not for all the people that even didn't know it existed yeah. let alone have the money to buy something yeah, like it. especially like uh, imagine being being just a little bit about broken being told the one of the best things you can do is buy this piece of paper that say you own no I think, one i think you're scamming me a hundred percent and then and then someone and then one then someone would say to you uh yeah we're going uh, to uh, to the, to the south of the uh, mm. of, of, of africa and then we're going to bring to another continent and we haven't done it that often but uh. it sure will go well yeah and but we're gonna get lots of money and gold and spices Sounds so like a fever dream exactly <laughs> but i think it's like a, 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 a great example again of of indeed uh, and you see it right now that a lot of uh, a lot of yeah uh, people not from the netherlands uh, yeah, thinking that Dutch people are proud of that part of the history, which most of them are not, because most of them did not partake in it. Mm. Maybe they wish back then, because you could make a lot of money, but um, that is something different, because they didn't.
Uh, because those 5% wanted to like always greed, want to have more and more and more. And it doesn't matter if it was uh, a, Turk, a Turkish guy back then or a Dutchman. No. <laughs> a Dutchman wanted to earn more than anyone else. Exactly. So also his, his neighbor. Exactly. And, 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 and indeed, those are um, examples of that. And yeah, I just wanted to say that... Um, yeah. I, uh, back to the World Cup because it's still in my head. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I can feel that. And I'm thinking about the World Cup and I'm thinking about Budweiser. And mm. uh, I mean, I get it, right? And mm. really annoyed they cannot serve beer two days before the lounge. I mean, it's annoying. But then I thought, I mean, how great of a business opportunity is this? Now, we know already that Heineken is making more money out of the 0, 0.0, right? So now you could make the Qataris make like an advertisement for you, like feel sorry, because like you, you, right? Uh, we paid a lot of money and you did it last minute, so yeah, you yeah. could have communicated at least a little bit earlier. Yeah. <laughs> now I want you to make some Budweiser 0, 0.0 commercials. And let the Qataris drink it, make, let them make the advertisements for you, sell a shitload of beer because people don't even drink right you can sell a lot and then like one of the last two days of the event you would run a countrywide commercial and then you would say Budweiser zero deaths zero alcohol zero point zero <laughs> like like a big fuck you right oh, and that would be Fantastic. And it would be afterwards, after they have drunk it, so then you could like show the whole world like, I oh, know you were drinking it. Zero deaths, huh? It's like sort of a compensation. Hey, Jala, have you ever considered going into marketing? Because you, I, I think have, you'd yeah. be great at yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, I, I've, I've thought about a little bit too much about it. Okay, well, uh, perhaps for another day. Or you can uh, manage the social media accounts, right? <laughs> yeah, bet, bet, bet. Okay. Um, do you mind finishing off? Uh, I, I do mind uh, not talking to you anymore, but uh, uh, all after all goods comes an end. After all, uh, all good things must come to an end. Oh, all good things must come to, to an end. Okay, very smoothly. Great, fine. Yes, let's <laughs> let's go. Okay. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for listening, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. Um, this has been Tom. I'm sick still. Okay, great. Jala. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you've heard of the dream team. Get ready for the fever dream. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, thank you so much for tuning in, and we hope to see you next time. And as always, stay curious. Bye.